Batman Universe Comic Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 12 of the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. I'm your host Dustin and as always we have with us... This is Apple. We've got Josh. We are bringing you all the comic news and book news as well as the reviews from just about a month ago. So... Without further ado, let's jump right into comic news. Only one thing to really report. The DC Nation, as we know, sometimes Dan DiDio puts out a post on DC. It's also the thing that pops up in the back of the comics every week. But last week's DC Nation post, which was January 22nd, it didn't say who was written by, but basically you're assuming it was Dan DiDio. And basically he said that because of all the stuff going on in the DC Universe, he's taken a bunch of quotes and separated the quotes with the names, gives 10 quotes and 10 names, and really there's only two quotes that really have anything to do with Batman. One of them was number eight, I will make sure justice returns to Gotham, and every criminal is behind bars. And then number 10 says, I will be the greatest Batman ever. Now the corresponding names, well I guess I should have pointed this out at first, but he doesn't have the quotes being said by the correct people. He just has the list of quotes and then a list of names, and you're supposed to play match them up. So the two people that make the most sense to say these out of this list of ten people is we've got Tim Drake and Jason Todd. So the question is, are they throwing a curve? And it's one of these quotes has it isn't really having anything to do with either one of these, or can we just assume that Jason Todd and Tim Drake said these two quotes, and then if so, who said what? Well, that whole thing about justice returning to Gotham, if I could speculate for a second, that's kind of going along with the stuff that Robin's saying towards the end of his own series. I, I definitely think so. It'll just be interesting to see how Jason Todd thinks he's going to be the greatest Batman ever. Yeah, that's that's what... Oh, man, this 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 thing is coming to bite all everyone that voted for him to die. It's just going to come bite us in the butt now. Jason Todd, they just have not known what to do with him since they brought him back. And I know that's when they were originally going to kill Nightwing in Infinite Crisis, Jason Todd was going to be the new Nightwing. And those plans kind of changed. And since then, I mean, Jason Todd has kind of been bouncing around. I know he was in Countdown and stuff, but eh, they don't really have a place for him. And I hope that they can find one. I hope so, too. There's been speculation that he might be getting his own series once this battle for the cow is over. That's something that I'm not necessarily looking forward to. Honestly, it'd just be a, another interpretation of Vigilante, which we already have. Right, so you don't know which way they're going to go. Does that mean he's going to be good? Is he going to be bad? Which way are they going to take him? Yeah. Just, they've ridden him to the point of no return. With the way that he is, I mean, he's killed people. I mean, it's pretty hard to go back from that. They're going to have to give his character a major personality transplant if they're going to give him his own series and make him a sympathetic character. Yeah. Yeah, right. Tempting, but no. Alright, so like I said, that's all the comic news we have, but moving right along into book news, we've got a couple books coming out in the next couple weeks. The first one is on February 4th, we have Simon Dark, Volume 2, Ashes. The solicitation reads, The second volume of Simon Dark, Tales, Collects, Issues number 7 through 12, finally facing down the serial killing cult that has had Gotham City in a death grip. Simon learns more macabre secrets about his own origins. This is going to be 144 pages and it's going to be 17.99. And then on February 11th, we have only one other book coming out. 
But I know some people are looking forward to this. This is Batman R.I.P. Deluxe Edition. And the solicitation reads, Legendary writer Grant Morrison concocts his unthinkable plot, The Death of the Dark Knight, collecting Batman number 676 through 683 in an oversized deluxe edition. This volume features artwork by Tony Daniel. While Bruce Wayne drops out of sight, the club of villains begin a crime spree through the streets of Gotham City, while Batman's allies attempt to keep order in the city and find the Dark Knight. This is going to be 240 pages. It's going to run you about 499. Those of you who are waiting for the Detective Comics collection of R.I.P., just a couple more weeks, and I think it's in March that'll be coming out. So that's all the book news we have. What's your interest in it, Mr. Wayne? Let's just move right into comic reviews. We only have five comics to cover, so this will go pretty quickly. So we're going to first start off with our favorite title of all time, Superman and Batman vs. Vampires and Worlds, number six. And all I can say is thank God that this is the last and final issue. Now we lead into the final chapter of Superman and Batman vs. Vampires and Werewolves. And this takes us into the point where the kid that Superman was trying to save was actually not being able to be saved. He wound up dying, what it looked like, and then the transfusion that they tried to give him basically made sure that he was a vampire so it didn't work he couldn't take it he jumps out the window and it's daylight and we all know what happens <laughs> they burn up so that's pretty much like your first five pages of this book and it pretty much lets you know how it is writer kevin van hook for the most part his writing in this book it's really not it's really not that great however i will hand him that he can write the demon very well the 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 way the demon talks he's got that pretty much down i mean dc ought to you know move him into something like that but the way he handled batman within the 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 final issue when they're trying to go ahead and find dr combs and they're trying to release the spells of all the vampires that have taken over and the werewolves they finally get him they succeed they they finally the uh jacob and the mayor were hoping that once the spell was reversed that they would actually be changed back to normal and it wound up being that they were both like the first one was bitten and the one was transformed so they weren't they weren't changed like the the people of Gotham were, and so it gives you into speculation of how we tried to achieve and starting off the story where they were gonna kind of be saved and then they weren't because they're kind of like originals. Batman totally doesn't seem like Batman in the, in this book, uh, really until the end of the book where Demetri thinks that you know that he he's not suspected. I mean he kind of disappears from them. Batman is over a rooftop and he sees him and he knows that he didn't see Demetri get into the car but Batman's hanging right over knowing that he's in that vehicle and it, the book ends on that kind of note. Superman, Batman versus Vampires and Werewolves I'll give you my final discussion this in in the end reviews, guys. But that's pretty much the really the whole story for number six. If this is a joke, Alfred, it's not funny. Okay, and that is going to lead us into the of last rites, which was the R.I.P. epilogue in Batman six eighty three. It's kind of hard to pick it up from the previous issue. You know, you have to be reading Final Crisis and stuff. But apparently, Batman's been captured by Darkseid's minions, and they're stealing his memories. 
and he's kind of in some sort of a machine where there's this character called the Lump, and in Batman's mind, he's disguised as Alfred, and it's kind of going over Batman's career. Partway through the last issue, though, they started switching the memories to these false memories. Now, we open up, and we get a montage of different stuff. Batman and Talia talking about, you know, the upcoming birth of Damien, which was from the Son of the Demon trade paper back in the 80s, and different montages of stuff, and like the Joker's five-way revenge, and you can go online, and there's different fans that have, like, done point-by-point what you see these stories are from. I can't do all that. Then we go back to the false memories, where Bruce has grown up, and his parents have never died. He's kind of a mink, uh, a meek, you know, really, really kind of doormatish type person. He's wearing these glasses. He almost looks like Clark Kent, and he's generally not very good at what he does. He gets conned by Selina Kyle, disguised as Elva Barr, a nod to her first secret identity back in the Golden Age. Little known fact, before Catwoman was given the name Selina Kyle, they used to call her Elva Barr in an old story, and she cheats Bruce out of much of money, and he's kind of verbally reprimanded. And, you know, just that... He's a failure to the Wayne family. He's humiliating them. It switches back and forth between the memories. In his fake memory thing, he finds the Batcave. And again, because of the way that they do it, it's kind of hard to determine which are Bruce's real memories and which are the old ones. They say that they're giving him the false memories while they're stealing the real ones so that he won't notice anything's amiss. We go back to his real memories. He's fighting Deadshot. You see Jason Todd stealing the Batmobile's tires and then becoming Robin. And then, of course, Jason Todd's eventual demise, although we now know that he got better thanks to Superboy Prime punching a wall. The crippling of Barbara Gordon. We, you know, move through all this stuff. And Batman's, again, just like last issue, he's starting to realize that Alfred's not what he seems. We see Tim Drake in a lonely place of dying, dressed up in the old Robin costume, trying to convince Batman that he needs a Robin. And... Bruce is still a little suspicious about this fake Alfred, a.k.a. the Lump, because he knows about the time that Alfred died back in the Silver Age and became the Outsider, which Bruce says him and Dick never told him about. So the Lump, you know, realizing that the gig is up, he gives him back the memory of Bane breaking his back and stuff, saying, you want to relive that, you want to relive that pain. And we go through more memories like Cataclysm, the Hush story arc, and the death of Jack Drake in Identity Crisis. Eventually, the Lump is getting weaker, and him and Bruce realize that they have to work together. And the Lump's kind of on his side now because he doesn't want to die. We go through more memories. We're kind of, you know, summing up Batman's whole career. We see him during 52, even something from R.I.P. And eventually, the Lump kind of breaks out. He's turned on Darkseid's minions. Now we get a flashback to before Batman was captured by Darkseid. And again, the way that they frame these flashbacks, it's a little confusing, and He's talking to Alfred, and this apparently takes place before Final Crisis, but after Batman R.I.P., after the helicopter explosion. And he's telling Alfred they're going to have to discredit all these allegations that Hurt made about the Wayne family and Alfred having an affair with Martha Wayne. But first he's got to deal with the murder of Orion, and that leads into the beginning of Infinite Crisis. And then we get, at the end, Alfred's kind of closing up the Batcave for one last time. This is something that I've been harping on for a while, but we see the T-Rex, which is in one piece, so I guess I was upset about that when it got destroyed at the end of the Hush story arc on Detective, and then it was still broken in R.I.P., and I was... Well, anyway, I talked about how it was fixed in the teaser image, and I see it's fixed here. The Batcave actually seems to be back to normal, which is a little bit of discontinuity, and we get the closing page of Batman saying that there will be no hiding place for evil and that you could final what happens to Batman next in Final Crisis Issue 6. Live from the top of Mount Gotham, the death of Batman. 
But before that, we had the next issue of Batman, which is 684, and this continues from Denny O'Neill's Ark and Detective, where Nightwing's after what is the fake Two-Face. Now, when we last left, Nightwing's kind of unconscious, and the building's burning. Now, we pick up, and there's a pizza boy with him. Now, the pizza boy's trying to wake Nightwing up, eventually does, and Nightwing's a little weak, and he's realizing he can't carry this guy out. He's like, don't worry about it, I'm a gymnast myself. And he kind of gets out of there all right, you know, helps Nightwing a little bit. Nightwing's motorcycle, of course, has been stolen, so the pizza guy has to give him a ride back. Nightwing doesn't want him to know where Wayne Manor is, so he has him drop him off three miles from the exit so he can walk the rest of the way. Now, Dick is talking to Alfred, and he's pretty humiliated about all the mistakes that he made, like the motorcycle and the fact that a pizza boy had to help him, and he's saying Bruce never would have made these mistakes. And Alfred says, Bruce has made plenty of mistakes early in his career, but he learned from them, and you need to learn from what he taught you as well. Now, meanwhile, the fake Two-Face, which I don't know how anybody is being fooled into thinking that this guy's the real deal, because his costume, it's like just kind of a bandana over the side of his head, and half of his body isn't even scarred the way that Two-Face sometimes is portrayed. He's called in to Commissioner Gordon that he's going to be attacking the mayor's party that night, so they're kind of sending all people out there. Now, what we don't know is that that's actually a distraction so they can steal the diamonds by the theater, which they were talking about last issue. Dick is in the Batcave with Alfred talking about the van that was used as a getaway. He's kind of realizing what's going on here. He can't take the motorcycle out again, obviously, because it was stolen. So he's taking the Batmobile, but he says it makes him feel like a phony. Commissioner Gordon and Harvey Bullock are waiting for Batman laying the bat signal. They know that he's probably not going to show up, but it's going through the motions anyway. Nightwing shows up, and they talk about the Two-Face problem and how this person is acting nothing like Two-Face, scarring the woman and not using the coin. And Nightwing realizes with this actress, Millicent Maine, Commissioner Gordon and Bullock, tell him where the theater is, which is where Nightwing goes. And sure enough, the fake Two-Face and his goons are there to steal the diamonds. Nightwing, remembering Bruce's train and all the stuff and not to be distracted like he was before, is able to basically hand these guys butts to them and drop them off at the police station the next morning. Bullock tells Gordon about it and says, well... The good news is they were caught. The bad news is it wasn't Batman that delivered them. It was Nightwing. Bullock actually says, you think he's ever coming back? And Commissioner Gordon is reluctant to answer. And we end with Nightwing get the actress woman, who kind of like is in tune with Gotham, just looking out over the city, thinking about the masks that everybody wears. And that concludes that story arc and Danny O'Neill return to the Bat books. That's all I wanted to know. Alright, so then that's going to bring us over to Batman Gotham After Midnight, number 8. Now this one first starts off with the autopsy of Barry Lucas, the officer who was killed in the last issue. And it seems as the overall feeling throughout this book that the entire police force is convinced that Killer Croc was the one who killed this detective. So it starts off with the autopsy and then it goes right into the funeral procession and... Commissioner Gordon meets up with Batman after the funeral takes place and basically tells him it's unfortunate this is bad days for cops and not only did they have this service but then they still had the mayor's service since the mayor was killed prior to. So it continues on after they have a little discussion. Commissioner Gordon tries to give Batman some relationship advice as far as April which Batman just basically shrugs it off and says, you know, I'm busy just as much as you. Seriously, when was the last time you dated? Which was kind of a odd exchange that really didn't 
need to be in the comic. It just seemed like it needed, was trying to take up pages. Then we get into the chapter two of this part, which is the Joker sitting in the hospital. As we know, he got shot in last or in a couple issues ago, and he has a hole in his stomach. So Batman comes to visit him, and he has this very strange gadget that shoots out as a ball and somehow wraps a bound around the Joker's mouth. I don't really see how that works, but I just read the comics. So then what ends up happening is Batman needs to ask Joker some questions, and he says, you were duped by midnight, and Joker says yes. Batman says, do you think you were drugged? And he says yes. Then Batman takes a sample of his blood and takes off. Then what ends up happening is you see, this goes into now chapter 3, where April calls up Alfred and basically says she has to cancel. She's not going to be able to go to dinner with Bruce that night. And then all of a sudden after she hangs up the phone, you turn around and you see that she canceled because she wanted to be with Batman, which, as we know, is also Bruce Wayne. They have a little uh, kiss under the mistletoe, which is odd for Bat. as always. There's a lot of weird things going on in the Batman books. Then we do a big page of Catwoman catching a bird in her hands. And... Then we go to April delivering the autopsy results to Commissioner Gordon. She basically says this is what happened. It says that he had wounds all over. That's what killed him. Batman appears and says there's something else. Knight was the one who killed him. Killer Croc just bit him after he was already dead. They just go on and on. Basically, Jim Gordon is convinced that it was Killer Croc who killed him and not Midnight. And then all of a sudden, he gets a phone call saying that Midnight's been spotted, and all, and Batman takes off. So then we come to a Santa Claus standing outside, very similar to a Salvation Army Santa Claus, ringing his bell, and then all of a sudden, his heart gets popped out by Midnight. Batman chases him down, and then at some point, he realizes that he's headed towards uh, April's apartment. Somehow, in the midst of everything, Catwoman appears, but it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense of why she's there. She just appears, Midnight gets the upper hand on Batman and then all of a sudden Batman's kind of stuck to the wall looking in on April's apartment and he can see her heart being popped out by midnight. So he gets all super ticked off and goes, I'm on my way. Then all of a sudden as he comes to the apartment, the apartment blows up. And that's the end of the issue. Bruce, you're supposed to be dead. Sorry to disappoint. Okay, and that's going to lead us into Batman Cacophony. I know we've been saying it a cacophony, or I know fans have been trying to correct us for a long time, but it's Cacophony, and I finally learned that today. <laughs> We're going back into the writing of Kevin Smith. Now, guys, how we mentioned in the last podcast, you either like Kevin Smith or you don't. Kevin Smith loves to write, and he can write and fill out a book with the best of them. Within this issue, it has a classic moment. It opens up with crowd at Club Olympus, okay, and this is Maxi Zeus's place, and you see a DJ, and he has like a kind of a Batmite mask on, and then you see him just, you know, spinning the turntable, and all of a sudden, he hits a button, and then it's Disco Inferno. Everybody's on fire and the Joker takes off the mask and he's having a heck of a time laughing. And of course, you know, this is continuing the war between Joker and Maxi Zeus. And so Joker's going after him. Batman shows up. Of course, you know, the Joker is, you know, trying to kill Maxi Zeus for what he's done to one of his experiments. And now he's using it as a drug and distributing it like that. And he's selling it. So, and that's from the last issue. 
Batman comes in, saves Maxi Zeus from being killed by the Joker, and then, of course, Onomatopoeia shows up, and Batman, of course, wants to fight him, gets shot, he's bleeding, Joker gets away, and what happens is that it leads back to where Batman's trying to find out who is Onomatopoeia, and so it leads back to Maxi Zeus, Maxi Zeus, of course, he's trying to have a good time, there's a pretty cool scene where the girls are rubbing on him, and then all of a sudden you see Batman's glove come up and grab him by the neck, and so Batman gets there, drugs him, because he wants to have a straight discussion with him without the, you know, the whole Greek dialogue that Maxi Zeus would give, the character on Onomatopoeia is very cool in this book, but then again, remember guys, it's it's Kevin Smith, so you're going to have to read a lot, he fills in a lot. At the end, Joker comes in, he parachutes in because Maxi Zeus wound up turning himself in, of course, after the discussion with Batman. Batman shows up, Batman battles him, and basically calls him soft, and basically, he's, you know, he used to be one of the villains that he used to count on that he can have a battle with, and now he's not really much of any battle. He's, like, so predictable. He's really fighting him, and Batman sets him up because what he's really doing is waiting for Anamanapil to show up. And just like Batman had planned, it was right on cue, and that's where the book leads off, guys. And so, that's issue two of Cacophony. You hear things I don't. Alright, so that's going to bring us into our review wrap-up, so let's go ahead and start with the book that we're all glad is over. Amen. Now, Dust, you know we had that interview with Norm, where him and Alan are trying to come back to DC and do stories. I mean, if Norm and Allen would have had the chance to do Superman and Batman versus vampires and werewolves, it probably would have been something really, really cool and out of sight. However, Kevin Van Book and Tom Mandrake, I, I don't know how they are going to stay inside the industry. Because this book was horrible. It was so horrible. I couldn't... It was it was so painful. And fans through the whole podcast know. Guys, I... I I would say if Van Hook is going to plan to stay inside comics, let him write demon comics. He can write the demon, but as far as this, it was horrible. I'm going to just give the whole book and series one star. I mean, because, I mean, I know they tried, and it's, it's not it's not best. I mean, even people just break into the industry have a lot of better work than what was put onto here. And really question DC, why did you put something like this when Alan and Norm are out there and you could have gave it to them? You know what I mean? But you still published this one. I'm going to go ahead and give this one battering. And they're lucky for that. That is going to lead us into Batman 683 and 684. Two different creative teams on that. Once again, the whole Morrison thing. I like the art, and I like what they do with continuity, but this is dragged down because it's confusing as heck if you have not reading Final Crisis, and they're going through these different continuities, Bruce's real memories and fake memories. But still, it's nice that they finally gave us some answers about, okay, well, if R.I.P. takes place before Final Crisis, then what's going on? Bruce, like, disappears at the end, but everything seems to be status quo with Bruce in the beginning of Final Crisis before he gets captured by Darkseid. They kind of wrap that up, and I like the art, so I'll give this four batterings. 684. Now, Apple said last podcast that if you're a bat fan, you like Danny O'Neill. I have my own personal problems with some stuff that he's done over the years and some of his is as editorial, but he is a good Batman writer, and this was a good book, but it's dragged down by the art, and there's books where, you know, the art's really good and the story's really bad, 
There's books where, you know, both are subpar. And there's books where the art is so bad that it takes you out of the story. And it was actually hard for me to enjoy the story due to the art, which is a shame because this was a good story. And I think that Danny O'Neill deserved better. And I couldn't even pay attention to the story the first time I read this. I had to reread it again and kind of ignore the art a little bit, which in a comic, that's a bad thing. So because Denny O'Neill did such a good job with the script, though, I will give this three out of five batterings. But it barely gets that because the art is so... (sighs) All right, so that's going to bring us into Batman Gotham After Midnight number eight. All I can say is... I have not really been liking this storyline. There's some aspects that I do like. There's some aspects that I cannot stand. Unfortunately, with this specific issue, this was one of the ones that I couldn't stand. It basically seemed that the entire issue was almost a filler. They were trying to basically build a relationship between Batman and this April character in one issue. Yes, they had a little exchange at the end of the last issue, as Commissioner Gordon points out in the issue, but as far as... What is the, wh- why does writers find the necessity to have Batman linked emotionally to a female character and then kill her within the same book? If you're going to do that, at least do it over a series of books instead of just in one issue. That whole problem with the story, and then on top of that, the whole exchange between Batman and Gordon for more than half the book in different parts of the book... It just it just didn't seem like it was working. It just seems like this entire issue was a filler, and then the fact that she gets killed at the end almost makes me think that the fact that Batman said it could be a cop, is it April? I'm, that's that's kind of, I guess, at this point, because, you know, is, is she really dead? No, she'll probably end up being like a Jezebel Jet wannabe and end up being the bad person in the end. So I'm going to give this one two out of five. And that's going to lead us to issue two of Batman Cacophony. This issue, I was wondering, I was wanting to see because I know Kevin Smith is a huge Batman fan. I mean, he named his daughter Harley Quinn. I'm wondering where he's going with the Joker because it it opened up where the Joker's a psychopath, you know, t- you know the typical going, but it made him like a mastermind. But like towards the end, it kind of made him predictable and kind of, I mean, not very smart, not very Joker-like. And I was trying to see if maybe into issue three, you know, Joker's going to turn it around and say, oh, it was because of this. That's my only gripe with Kevin Smith's writing as far as the Joker. Walter Flanagan, he's better than Tom Madrick, I'll tell you that. But he's not going to super impress you with his artwork. Honestly, uh, he's just trying to keep up with Kevin Smith also, with Kevin Smith's writing. So the artwork is kind of, you know, jumpish around, and his Batman's not really consistent. I would say that I'm a Kevin Smith fan, but I'm going to go ahead and give this book three batterings out of five. And only because I'm looking forward to issue three, and which is going to be the final issue of this series. Alright, so that's all of our review wrap-ups for now. Now, before we get into Bad Books for Beginners, the big discussion that everyone's been talking about is Final Crisis number six. So, let's talk about Final Crisis number six a little bit. The final fate of Batman, or so it says. Everybody was discussing about when he was going against Darkseid, and then, you know, the the whole bullet thing, picking up the gun, and then Superman even coming out with Batman's lifeless body. The lifeless body part, that looked it was kind of sad to see, but you wonder who is in the costume, and we're dealing with 52 universes, which Batman was it? 
Now, so, now, now, one thing we should probably bring up is for those of you out there who have not read the book, we should probably tell you exactly what happened. So that way you're aware. Basically, what ended up happening was the final fate of Batman, which was Final Crisis, it was in Final Crisis number six, consisted of a total of, I believe, what was it, four pages, three pages, something like that like that, that Batman was actually featured in. But Batman shows up, as we predicted in the past, well, not on the podcast, but on the forums, every, a bunch of people have been predicting what's going to occur. Batman approaches Darkseid as Darkseid's already kind of weak. The Omega Sanction beams are flying all over, the Omega beams and the Omega Sanctions flying all over the place. Batman says, I saved this bullet because I was going to investigate what you did when you killed Orion, but now I'm going to use it to kill you. He loads in the gun and he shoots Darkseid. And as Darkseid's dying, there's this beam that goes through his head and his heart, and that's what happens. Then it continues on. There's nothing that happens as far as Batman. You just see a big splash page with Batman standing there with these these what looks like lit lightning bolts going through him. And then at the very end of the, the book, the very last page, Superman is holding this body that's in a Batman costume, fried to a crisp, and just has the skeleton. So that's what happened. Now, one of the first things we really need to talk about is Batman using a gun. I mean, yeah. seriously. I'm surprised that a lot of people have made as big of a deal out of it as they did. Like, yeah, I know, Batman, but it's not like, you know, he's killing Joe Criminal on the street. This is Dark Side, and this is not even like Gotham City, but like the universe. I mean, I, I think that that can be a little forgiven. Even Superman and Wonder Woman have killed in the past, so... I think the, the, the significance was that everybody now knows what's Batman's one rule was that he's never going to kill. But the fact that he raised a gun that he said he would never raise ever and he doesn't like guns, the point that he used one is what was really disturbing and, and it's kind of to us that that's not Batman because Batman's been in a whole lot of predicaments and a whole lot of situations where a gun was presented to him and he still didn't use it. But to save the universe, he would use a gun. So he would break his one rule. And I think that's the, I, I, I guess that's the back and forth that fans have. Was that our Batman that really did that? I mean, it's understandable, yes, given the situation that is occurring in this comic. It makes sense for Batman to break his one rule. I mean, basically, Batman is saving the entire universe by breaking his one rule. And I, I do agree with you as far as that is why fans are going back and forth and arguing about this, is because, yes, he said he's never going to use guns. But then it comes down to this is one of those situations where if he doesn't break his rule, the entire universe is going to not exist anymore. So, is it worth it to break the rule? And, in my opinion, it kind of makes sense. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and say I like the fact that Batman used a gun. I don't. But, this situation is probably the one situation that I would say, you know what? This is one of those times we just got to do things the way that's going to make sure that everything stays the way it's supposed to stay. And not mess everything up. And again, we're talking about dark side here, you know, not Harvey Dent, not some random thug, not not even the Joker. This is dark side, you know, and I think that that's just a whole nother plane right there. I, I wish that, by the way, I, 
the way that they did it, you know, like first Batman, you know, shoots him, then he's standing there and he's like, gotcha. And he's like, heh. and then, and then it's the big page of him getting shocked. I mean, it's almost like it's a punchline, which, you know, if that's going to be his final moment, which I don't think it's going to be, I wish that they would have given him a better one. I mean, there's something sitcom-y, wah, 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 you know, he's like, gotcha. Heh. Did anyone else find that a weird or am I just reading too much into this? No, the gotcha part was it, that was kind of funny. I mean, I, I when I read that, I was like, okay, who else would say gotcha if they ever shot a shot a gun? You know, I started going through that through the DC universe. Like, who else could it be? Who else could it be? Because I'm not believing it's my Batman. But I mean, until issue seven, when we can really find out, or until you know the editors come out and say, hey, you know, it was Batman. He's dead. You know what I mean? Something like that. You know what I mean? And the significance is that it just this is kind of happening right after R.I.P. I, I, one of the, the major problems that I have is that it doesn't... The last issue of Batman R.I.P., last rite, 683, says, To find out the final fate of Batman, read Final Crisis number 6. Well, unfortunately, there's some holes... I mean... Yeah, where, where did he go? What happened? Yeah, I, I mean, you're led to believe that... Batman didn't die in that in the helicopter crash. That's fine, and I understand. I I myself have not been reading Final Crisis, but I've read online that it kind of is explained in the beginning books of Final Crisis with Final Crisis number two, and some other ones where Batman appears in the Batcave, has a wet costume, changes it, and then goes off to save the world. And the flow of things, it's like if they knew they were doing R.I.P. and they were going to try to end it with Final Crisis, why would they make it such a big deal about Final Crisis being the end if it's not actually a conclusive ending to what happened in R.I.P.? And it's, right. and and how it's come... separate things. They were making a big deal about R.I.P., the final fate of Batman originally, and the Black Glove and how it was going to be that. I would have preferred if he was going to die, if they had to kill him, then they would have done something Black Glove, you know, blaze a glurly, and instead, you know, make a whole big deal about that storyline, and then have him die in this thing that's completely unrelated to R.I.P. in the Black Glove in Final Crisis. With something yeah, that's he, not even his own title. And if Batman's gonna die, how come we didn't? They didn't do it like Superman when Superman died. You know what I mean? How come they didn't do it like that? I mean, they just they just basically surprised us and said, "Hey, it's like this." I know we went through R.I.P. thinking, "Okay, is Batman dead? Is Batman dead?" Then we see Batman come back. Oh no, you know he's he's just right there. No. We didn't know in Final Crisis that Batman was going to die. I mean, people speculated that Batman might die. But if they're going to kill Batman, how come he didn't get the same respect as Superman? Yeah. And here's the other thing that we should probably bring up before we get too in-depth about him being dead. Is he dead? Because the thing is, as I've said, I don't really read a whole lot of comics except for Batman comics. But I read the message boards online, and I read all the stuff online about the other comics to keep up with what's going on in the DC Universe. The thing is that it came out after that, after the Final Crisis number 6 came out, that the beams that killed Batman were called the Omega Sanctions. Now, this Omega Sanctions were actually, they don't kill you. They fry your body to a crisp, but you disappear. You go into a like a kind of like a purgatory if you will where like the void yeah the void where you will live a life that is worse than your last life and then when that life is over you'll live another life that's worse and it'll progressively get worse and worse and worse 
Now, this was all explained during the Seven Soldiers with Mr. Miracle, and Mr. Miracle was able to get out of this void. So, the thing is, if Mr. Miracle can get out, and he figured out a way to get out of this situation, then can Batman. And if so, maybe the world is just thinking he's dead because they see this fried up body, and they don't realize that he's not, he's in this void. Because, honestly, if Mr. Miracle was any around and he sees somebody and knows that he was just seeing Darkseid, I, I, if I was Mr. Miracle, I'd say, oh, yeah, uh, Batman, I know exactly where he's at. And then everyone would know he's not dead. They just don't know where he's at because he's in this void. Right, and Batman being probably a better detective than Mr. Miracle can probably more than likely find that way out if Batman is who Batman is. And if he recognized when he was in that last rights thing, when he was in the fake memories and stuff, I mean, he could probably figure out inconsistencies in the life and realize that he's in the void, too. Going back to the corpse for a second, too, when I first heard the spoilers for this, and just to give you guys some background, listener, I was away for a week out of town, away from internet, away from media, away from everything. I come back, and the book's out, and I'm hearing all the stuff like Batman said, and I was like, oh, I go away, and this is everything that I miss. Now, I heard the spoilers that Superman carries Batman's body, and I was like, oh, okay, well, we don't know if he's dead. He's just carrying the body. And I thought it was funny, because I'm looking at the book, and they tried to leave you little doubt that this was a dead body. The corpse was all burnt and everything, and you could see the skeleton. So... Didn't really leave you much doubt there. Batman's probably just about as dead as Jason Todd, Alfred Pennyworth, Clark Kent. All people who have died, by the way. Alfred's died, Jason Todd's died, Clark Kent's died, Oliver Queen has died, Donna Troy has died. We can go on and on and on. If it takes them 30 years, 50 years, they'll bring him back. Even if Dan DiDido plans that this is the final fate of Bruce Wayne, there's going to be another editor-in-chief somewhere down the line that says, gee, when I was young, Batman Comics had Bruce Wayne. Let's bring him back. It's going to happen in our lifetime, if not in the next few years. Or in time for the Dark Knight sequel. Hmm. <laughs> They're doing all these events now, and then just in time for 2011, the Dark Knight sequel, the return of Bruce Wayne, the ultimate crossover. And you know what? If we're still doing this podcast in two years, let's see if I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is that we got to keep fans that, I mean, fans that are not familiar with the DC Universe have to understand that there's 52 other worlds. So that's why I keep saying that. I, I, I want to express that. We don't know which Batman... It was because like Dustin was saying it there's a whole gap right there that they didn't fill in because they tell us to go from jump from point A to point J without missing the whole middle point so that's that's the thing that I'm wondering about too what Batman was it which Batman was it yeah it was the Adam West Batman <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> you know that that's one of the 52 herbs that the bow pivzam or it, it's the Adam West yes. Batman <laughs> <laughs> Which we all know is the real Batman, come on. He fit inside the suit. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so the, I think one of the problems is that the fact that, Josh, you bring up a valid point about, yes, there's been a ton of people who've died and they've, some way, one or, way or another, whether it be a year, whether it be a couple months, or whether it be many years, eventually these people come back. The problem is, a lot of people have an issue with that, and that's because... Being set in a realistic environment or universe, as far as the Batman comics themselves, because of that, the fact that Batman's body 
is fried to a crisp, but he himself is in a void, whether it be his soul, his mind, whatever. He himself is in this void. And on a lot of message boards, people are ticked off that, you know, why are we killing Batman? Batman we know is always going to be Bruce Wayne. Why would you kill Batman? Why are you putting Detective and Batman on hiatus? Why are we having this thing? And the issue in my mind is not so much whether or not Batman exists in a realistic universe or whether or not he exists specifically in this DC universe. The problem that a lot of people I don't think realize is that there's a thousand different incarnations of Batman. This is just one incarnation. And yes, it is unfortunate for those people who are diehard Bruce Wayne Batman fans that Bruce Wayne is not going to be around for the next couple months. And a lot of people are ticked off that they're doing this and they're claiming this is just another Nightfall saga and they hated the Nightfall saga. They're going to hate this. They're not even giving it a shot before they even read it. And the thing is, People just don't realize that, yes, time goes on and there's different incarnations. They've retold his story a bunch of different, his origin story a bunch of different times. They've retold events within his, his normal storyline a bunch of different times. So this is just one of those times. And I'm sorry, people. Get over it. Oh, Dustin. It, it's, just, it's just another story for, for Batman. And you know that's that's what I was trying to relate to is that we don't know what Batman this is we don't we don't know what is going on and a lot of fans are I think they're jumping the gun until the till we really find out you know what I mean yeah uh, and like I explained before I rather wait and see and see what happens well I think that too again that there'll be some interesting stories out of this you know the for the whole world without Batman thing how everyone copes which they've already started to do and again like. Whoever winds up being Batman, and I have my own theories on that, which we can get into later, how that's going to play into other titles, like the Superman-Batman title. If Dick Grayson is Batman, then he's going to be in the Superman-Batman. So, you know, I'd like to see how he'd interact with Clark Kent and feeling that, you know, as long as there's interesting stories that come out of this and eventually we get Bruce Wayne back, I'm okay with this. Yeah. yeah. I, I, the, I think the, the thing is that people are still going to be able to pick up a comic book that has Bruce Wayne as Batman. Yes, they're not the main titles, and they're not the titles that get the most, you know, the best writers or the best artists, but there's still things out there. You still have got, you know, unfortunately, you still have Batman Gotham After Midnight for a couple more months. You've got Batman Confidential. You'll have Superman Batman, because as of right now, we are aware that there is not going to be a change with the Batman character in that one, because that book is out of continuity, so... There's three books right there, and you, you know for a fact that as soon as Gotham After Midnight fall, you know, is over, they're probably going to start up another miniseries. There's always a miniseries going on for Batman. And that's the thing. It's, it's just, it kind of ticks me off when people are all ticked off because they can't stand that Bruce Wayne's not going to be Batman. But it's just a different story. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I hear people sit there, ah, this is so horrible. You know, DC bring Batman back. Yes, I want I want DC to bring Bruce Wayne back as Batman too. But it's interesting to get a different kind of story. I wasn't a huge fan of the Nightfall arc that happened in the early '90s, but it was a story that you didn't expect. It wasn't like Batman stands on the side of a building, he sees a mugging, catches the thug ties them up, and the cops come pick them up. It's not... You can only do that for so many until it gets boring. This is just a story that 
yes, started out as R.I.P. is going to become Battle for the Cow, and then who knows what we'll get as far as who will be Batman or if Batman comes back as soon as Battle for the Cow is over. We have no idea. And it's it goes back to what you said, Apple, about we just have to wait and see what happens. A lot of people are just jumping the gun and are getting worked up about absolutely nothing. Now, that whole thing that you were talking about before, the void and each life getting worse and worse and worse, now, I think I know what the final life, the like bottom of the pit would be for that's now after Bruce lives all those lives, the final one, the worst life in the void, he's going to be reliving being Val Kilmer in Batman and Robin, the Joel Schumacher continuity. <laughs> oh, you you mean George Clooney? <laughs> George oh Clooney. yeah, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Val Kilmer was <laughs> Batman <laughs> forever. Yeah, that yeah. one was okay. That one he's, he's, was okay. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be George Clooney. He's gonna be doing the <laughs> Batman nipples and ice skates with the diamond and. That he's gonna have to relive that. It's gonna be the Joel Schumacher final life. <laughs> oh, great! But we could go on about Joel Schumacher forever. So that's gonna wrap up our our talks about Final Crisis number six. If you guys have anything else that you want us to discuss as far as Final Crisis number six, or in the future when Final Crisis number seven comes out, because we don't review that as a normal comic in our normal comic reviews, we can discuss it. If there's more, I'm sure there will be more that comes out about this. The fact that the last issue ends with Superman holding Batman's fried body. I'm sure there's going to be something in Final Crisis number 7 about this. So we can talk about this as well as many other things. So email us, comicpodcast at thebatmanuniverse.net or go on the forums and look up the thread for Batman Universe Comic Podcast and throw down your ideas of what things you'd like to hear us talk about as far as Final Crisis and future episodes. We'll see what the truth is. So without further ado, let's jump over to Nick with Bat Books for Beginners. Hello there. How you doing? Welcome back to another edition of BBFB, where this time I'm reviewing Batman Gothic. You might notice I've got a way better microphone, so hopefully you can hear my voice a lot better than previous segments. Now then, Batman Gothic is the second story arc in the Legends of the Dark Knight series. It's written by Grant Morrison and illustrated by Klaus Janssen. Grant Morrison is a well-known Batman writer and has been currently masterminding the recent Batman R.I.P. storyline. He's also worked on many other Batman books, including Arkham Asylum, which was published about the same time as Gothic, Batman and Son, and The Black Glove. All excellent books that I plan to review in time. Now, Klaus Janssen's also illustrated for Frank Miller in The Dark Knight Returns, as well as other Batman titles. So, here's the plot. I want information, and I'll get it any way I please. Now, Batman finds that a man known as Mr. Whisper is killing off five mobsters one by one. The mobsters explained to Batman that he was a child killer over 30 years ago, and the mobsters killed him when there was too much pressure from the cops. However, Mr. Whisper is also linked with a hideous event in Bruce's school days which is revealed to us through flashbacks. Now, the mobster, the mobsters attract Batman's attention with an inverted bat signal to try and work a truce to stop Whisper. Batman ignores this plea, not being too worried that the mobsters are being killed off. However, he does investigate to see what he can find out. The story takes Batman to a monastery in Austria, where he finds the truth about the monk, Manfred, who sold his soul to the devil in exchange for saving him from the plague. 
The devil also gave Manfred 300 years of life and made him immortal, causing Batman a problem. Manfred is indeed Mr. Whisper as well as Mr. Winchester, a teacher Bruce Wayne had when he was at boarding school. Batman chases Whisper and he is captured by him. Whisper has everything ready. He tells Batman he kind of likes him, so he prepares an elaborate death for him. He also has a young nun as a hostage. And Manfred reveals his plan to Batman. He's going to cheat the devil and give him the souls of the whole city instead of his own. For that, he has to use a combination of magic and the very same plague that almost killed him. Batman escapes and fights with Whisper in the cathedral, but the floor collapses and they fall into the subway tunnel. There, Whisper is run over by a train... Batman disables the cathedral's bell that should have rang, and thus the plague is kept contained in the cathedral. Whisper returns to his apartment and is then confronted by the young nun, who reveals herself as Satan, finally taking Manfred to hell where he belongs. Later, Bruce receives in a package Whisper's heart. He flies back to Austria and throws the heart into the river to let the nun who was killed by Whisper so long ago finally rest in peace. Complicated story. Now I felt that this is a book that will definitely split fans right down the middle. It's not one all Batman fans will love. The reason for this is the supernatural and horror elements introduced by Morrison. It's all a matter of taste. Personally, I didn't enjoy that area that much, but I can fully understand fans that do. I felt the book had an excellent start with the gangsters fearing for their lives and being killed left, right and centre, pleading for help from Batman, and I just loved all of that. But then I grew tired of the supernatural explanation, especially all the haunted castles and ghosts. However, I think this style suits Batman more than most other superheroes. Superman and ghosts? Nah, I don't think so. Plus, Batman wandering around in his suit during the daytime chatting to civilians always looks a bit odd to me, and I'm never keen on it. Couldn't Bruce Wayne just have gone to the monastery for a visit? Don't see why not. I was surprised to find out that the young girl was the devil. Looking back now, I'm surprised it shocked me at the time, but Morrison did do a good job of revealing that at just the right moment. And since there's more pressing questions for the readers to ask than who the girl is, it didn't cross my mind. The elaborate death trap set for Batman looked more like something from the board game Mousetrap, or perhaps a throwback to the situations Adam West often found himself in at the end of every episode. It felt a bit stupid, and you always get that question, why doesn't the villain just kill him? Didn't work for me. I did enjoy the action sequence under the subway. I felt it was the best way to get some dramatic action out of a villain who can't die, so I thought Morrison did good job there. I enjoyed the death of Graziano. It reminded me of a scene in Godfather 3, where someone's food is poisoned while at the opera. He's also sitting in a box, and I could see some symmetry there. I also noticed the Batmobile looked a lot like Tim Burton's Batmobile. I pointed out last time that this series came out after the first Burton film, and clearly they were trying to draw all those fans in, but it's a great Batmobile anyway, so who cares? The artwork is nothing special, it was a bit weak, it certainly didn't impress me at all, and I think the story supported the art. So overall I'd give it 3 out of 5 Batarangs, as I said before, it is one that will split people for its supernatural content, and it depends on whether you're a fan of that or not. I'm surprised to see that it is 16th on the IGN 25 Greatest Batman Graphic Novels. I don't think it deserves that spot, but it is a fairly solid book, and you'll know from this review whether it's for you or not. Let me worry about that. 
That's Batman Gothic done. If you have any opinions, I'm always keen to hear them, so send me a message to Nick Nightwing at the BatmanUniverse.net or have some arguments on the forums. This is one that will split people. Next time, I'm reviewing Batman Prey, of which I know absolutely nothing about yet, so I'm looking forward to reading it. So that's your lot for this time. I'm Nick. This has been Batman Books for Beginners. Back to the guys. All right, so that was Batman Gothic. Remember next time to pick up the book for next episode's Bat Book for Beginners. So that's going to wrap most of the episode up. Let's go off with upcoming releases for the next two weeks. On Wednesday, February 4th, we only have one book coming on. That's the Simon Dark Volume 2 Ashes that we mentioned earlier. On February 11th, we have the Batman and the Outsiders special, or Superman Batman number 55. As we talked about earlier, Batman R.I.P. Deluxe Edition, Nightwing 153, which will be the final issue of Nightwing, Batman number 686, Batman Confidential number 26, Robin number 183, which will be the final issue of Robin. And I just died a little inside. A Simon Dark number 7. So make sure you pick up those last issues of those series. I know a lot of us fans have been loving these series, and it's kind of sad because, as we'll talk about in the next podcast, the Robin books have gotten extremely good, and mm-hmm. it's kind of sad that it, now they're getting super decent, or really, really good stories, and they're ending the series. So hopefully this will play out in some of the miniseries that are going to occur during Battle for the Cowl, but... Alright, so for next episode, we are going to be covering Detective Comics number 852, Batman Confidential number 25, Nightwing number 152, and Simon Dark number 16. So, make sure you download the episode. All the problems on iTunes have been fixed, so all the podcast feeds work correctly in iTunes now, so now you can pick them all up. So, this is Dustin. This is Apple. You got Josh. And you've been listening to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Take care, guys.